This episode of the What's Happening Delco podcast is brought to you by Delco Meets for Business. Check us out on Meetup, register, and attend one of our fantastic networking meetings, which we meet on the first and third Thursday at the Brick House in Ridley Park, and the second and fourth Thursday at the Upper Crust in Newtown Square. We look forward to seeing you there. What's happening, Delco? I'm Rich Shane, and welcome to the What's Happening Delco podcast. Today, I'm joined by Joey Mazza of the Pennyworth Group. Joey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Rich. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. And let's talk about what is the Pennyworth Group? So the Pennyworth Group is a management coaching and consulting firm. We basically help businesses figure out how to facilitate change whether it's problems in their business or whether it's a change that they want that's in a positive light and they're just not sure how to get there. And that's where we come in because we take a hands-on approach uh, to facilitating that with people as opposed to uh, videos and books that force people to do that themselves. We kind of step in and kind of act like as a positive disruptor for their business. Speak to some of the challenges or the changes that businesses are looking to make that you help them with. Uh, a lot of times, most companies get plateaued because the person who has started the business is usually an expert in whatever they do, whether they're a plumber, an electrician, an attorney, chiropractor. They're good at that trade, so they open up shop, they start making money, word of mouth is great. And then as they try to expand the business, they got to bring in other people. And that's where kind of the chaos begins because now... They have to make sure they're hiring the right people. They have to create a system because they were the system. Now you're inviting people to be part of your culture that they may or may not really have because it's just them or a few other people. So if you have an office of three people, you go to 15, um, it becomes a challenge. And that's what we do. We kind of help them set that up and work with the owner and or decision makers to create a culture that fits their end game so that we know what they're doing five, 10, 15 years from now, and then put them on that path uh, and, and then help them work through it. So it's kind of a, you know, fun scenario for us. On the other side, it could just be problems. Like they're just straight problems. Like somebody hired their mother-in-law to do the books. And in reality, she's got to go. And, but nobody there wants to tell her she's got to go. So that's where we come in. It's like, now they hear it from the outside and it's like, oh, this guy's, he don't even know her. And he's saying she's got to go. Maybe she's got to go. And it's like, and that's, that's what's always nice about bringing a third party in because we don't have any emotional bias to your business. We're just looking out for you and your business. Joey, how is this something that you've gotten into? I mean, how is, is this always been a calling for you to help people to, do you have a mindset about helping people with their business? How did this all get started for you? Um. I think it started when I was in college. I did some uh, new manager orientations when I was at Penn State. Uh, I worked in the human resource department. And uh, I kind of enjoyed doing the manager training and getting them up to speed on things. And when I brought this up to my boss, he's like, oh, well, you can just get involved with corporate training when you get out of school, like after you've built up time. And I'm like, I mean, time. He's like, well, nobody coming out of college becomes a corporate trainer. For the most part, you have to do something. So I was a food and beverage manager with Marriott and I'm sitting there like, I don't want to wait 10 to 15 years to, you know, get this type of role. Uh, so I just, just worked. Uh, 
eventually I fell into a family business and started doing the same thing, doing the management part. And what I learned was being on job sites with contractors that were preventing me from doing my job. I started just throwing out my opinion. Like, maybe you guys should do this. And I was like, like, and it wasn't because I, I cared about their business. It was, they're preventing me and my people from doing our business. And people would come back to me and say, yeah, that was a really good idea. And then I heard that more than once. And over the span of like, you know, 20 years of running a business, it's like, wait a minute, this is really what I'm good at. I'm actually good at playing with the puzzle of a business and the people and moving them around. Uh, so I decided that I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this out. And I started playing around with it with other business owners. And I said, hey, listen, what if I used you as an expert in the contracting world? What if I used you as an expert in finance and we kind of collaborated and helped these businesses, you know, overcome the, the things that are preventing them from being, you know, running at a maximal level. And hence then I just was like, you know what, I'm going to do this because this is fun. And it's way more fun to deal with business owners and their struggles than it is to deal with people that work for you. And then I knew like that was my that was my sweet spot. I don't want to have a lot of staff. And if, if I have staff, I want those people to be from the same elk as me. And it's not going to be with entry level people. It's, it's going to be people that you're just going to find out there. And I said, this is where I want to be because the challenges are more. It's, it's you know, we talk to a business owner and they want to go from 5 million to 15. There's a lot of challenge in there. There's a lot of shakeup that has to happen. And I like that challenge. So I embrace it. And then I just feel like there's more self-worth to me when I wake up in the morning. It's just more fun, uh, more, more at stake, but at the same time, more fun. So, and they always say, you know, if you're good at something, you should get paid for it. So I'm getting paid for it. What I recognize as to how you describe that is this is your superpower. This is like your sixth sense. Is that, is that accurate? You think? Yeah, I think this comes you know, some people are given gifts. You know, mine is not to be a very empathetic person. That's not me. Uh, I'm just a, I am, I am somebody that sees an objective and just goes after it. And I feel like where a lot of people struggle with their business, whether it's self-doubt, confusion, chaos, whatever. And I just, I just personally just am able to push through that. And you're right, because I don't have to work on the actual instincts that I have, I can just perfect it by taking the skill that I already have and making it better because it already comes naturally. You know, I'm not seven foot two and I don't dunk a basketball. So it's like, you know, a guy that's that tall can obviously play in the NBA, but he's got to figure a few things out, but he's already got the height. I already feel like I have the drive, the motivation and the business sense to do this anyway. So I just need to hone in different things as time goes on and what's trending, what's not, and and understand owners and where they want to be and then kind of help them get to where they got to go. And all doing it by, like you said, it's kind of like a sixth sense. Speak to what's trending. Speak to 2023 into 2024, where some of these things are now presenting themselves in people's businesses where you take that sixth sense that you have and help them to get farther ahead or avoid pitfalls that could slow them down on their growth? I think the biggest thing trending right now is what to do or what not to do with AI. I mean, everybody wants to mess around with some form of AI and think that they're going to either eliminate staff or 
be automatically productive. And I feel because AI is not necessarily new, it's definitely new for small business and mid-sized companies that incorporate it with their business. And I think you have to kind of take a, you know, a cautious step on how you want to find the right AI for your business. And can it really help you be more productive? I mean, everybody uses the chat GBT now and it kind of gives them answers, but taking it to another level where you're taking the software that you have in your company and you're saying, Hey, listen, we want to integrate some AI so that, you know, my staff doesn't have to do a lot of thinking and a lot of extra research that they can be more productive is definitely something that's trending. But I always feel like no matter what technology is out there, if you're not trending on actually stopping and figure out where you where you want your company to go, what kind of culture you want to set for your company and how it's going to operate and all that stuff is kind of like, doesn't really matter. It's like you have the bells and whistles to a car, but there's no tires on it. So even though AI is going to be the trending topic, I feel like you still got to get back to the foundation of your business and how you want it to run. And then you could add that extra piece that kind of pushes you over the top. Who mentors you? Who in your life gives you that direction for you? There's a lot of people. Uh, it's not one. Uh, I'd say at most, my number one is probably my wife because being a partner in business with her, uh, you know, I can bounce a lot of things off of, you know, her all the time. And she can just give me the most candid responses, uh, which kind of keeps you grounded because you always come up with the crazy ideas when you're at home. Um, but there's a no- number of business owners and people that I look for, for to kind of mold and shape me. Uh, I mean, one of my biggest ones in past who I haven't talked to owned a waterproofing company. Uh, and I got with him probably, I'd say about like 10, 12 years ago when I wanted to pursue diff- in my other business and start this one. And we would just countlessly talk about different issues. And I would just say, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I feel for me, it's other business owners are always my fa- my best mentors because I will ask them, what do they think? As opposed to just telling them stuff, just to get that feedback. Because I think the criticism that you get is huge in setting up how I want to work with other clients. But they're mostly other business owners or mostly leaders of people. Uh, I usually, my biggest mentors are people that have a lot of, empathy for situation because the fact that I know I struggle there, they are a huge amount of guidance to me because knocking down the wall and pushing through red tape and making things happen. I got that part figured out, but the changing generationally of people, you know, with between baby boomers are on their way out, you know, and gen X and Y and millennials where they're, coming through, uh, you really do have to understand where they're coming from. So seeking leaders that have a lot of empathy, that really helps me out a lot. How do people connect with you? How do they contact you for your services? Uh, I mean, most of my business, believe it or not, is the old school word of mouth. I feel like if you do enough good work, people will recommend you. Obviously, you know, I have a, uh, you know, the pennyworthgroup.com, my webpage, you can contact me through there. But, you know, we got, you know, have a phone number, you know, it's, you, know, you could 
call us as well. But I feel most of the time I'm contacted through somebody else. I normally get an email and it will say, you know, John Smith referred me to you or said we should have a conversation. And that's usually how it gets started is just with a conversation. Because in all honesty, no matter who calls me as a business owner, I probably can't help everyone anyway. We probably just won't fit. I mean, you have to find the right people to work with as well as, you know, I, I got to find the right client and they got to find the right person to, to hire as well. Like it doesn't mean that every business has a problem. We're going to gel and this process is going to work. So it all starts with a conversation. But yeah, the normal means, uh, I do have a Facebook page. I'm not, I'll be honest with you. I'm not very active on it. I'm trying to increase my goal. One of my personal goals for 2024 is to, uh, is to be a little bit more out there on social media. Uh, it's not my thing because I'm an old school, let's shake your hands and uh, have a conversation and a cup of coffee type of guy. But, you know, I'm, I'm still out there. What's your, what's your Facebook page so that as 2024 unfolds, people can see out there more active? It's the Pennyworth Group. Gotcha. And look, somebody's listening, driving in their car, and they want to write down, you know, this is something that connects with them. They're thinking about their business and they want to call you, Joey. What's your number? 610-789-7637. You're out there and you're exploring. You're doing your thing in Delco and you have a cheesesteak craving. Where are you going? Depends. Because if I want, you know, I guess if I'm driving around, I'm partial to Leo's and Sharon Hill. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's been there for a while. It's an unsung, you know, quiet spot usually in and out on the quicker side. It's not always in my neck of the woods coming from Drexel. They're not going to deliver to my house, but I'm getting that craving. They still do the big fat cheesesteaks, a lot of meat in it. That's kind of my thing. So I'll go there. Where are you going to satisfy that pizza craving? Mm, let's see here. I like pizza. Like I like pizza like Dave Portnoy likes pizza. So that's hard to pick one. So I'll just keep it in the neighborhood and I'll say Pika's in Upper Darby because it's a unique uh, type of pizza. It's a little different. Uh, I'm also an imperial guy. That's an old school one. Uh, I do like the older stuff just because I have more nostalgia from growing up. And as you get older, they just keep closing. So as long as those dinosaurs are still alive, I'm going to, I'm going to every once in a while go back. But uh and another one, I guess, because Imperial is different, but if I'm heading out uh, like the Fallcroft and Folsom area, you definitely got Emilio's on McDade Boulevard. It does a great Sicilian. Uh, so, you know, none of these places will deliver to me. So I've got to drive to the mall. But they all have a unique flavor that I crave and then I have to go get it. Is there a specific topping, your go-to, your consistent topping choices? No, nah, I'm pretty basic with pizza. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm either in the mood for plain or pepperoni and then occasionally I want everything on it. But, you know, I, I don't have like a just a, a set of toppings where it's just like a couple. I think it's either plain pepperoni or everything. Um, but nothing beats plain pizza to me. So. All right. So to those old school pizzerias, reach out to Joey and the Pennyworth group to start working on your succession plan. So you can keep that business alive and going for generations to come to experience what you've, the memories and, and all that nostalgia. That's a gift. I mean, when you talk about and what you do to help businesses succeed, 
having those long-term goals when you're making pizza, you're just making pizza for today. And uh, you don't think about, well, does my my family want to take over, right? I mean, these are probably some of those conversations you have with businesses. Yes. I mean, most of the time, people don't know where their end game is. They're in business. They're making money. They're, you know, they're, they're supporting their families. You know, they take vacations. They're not thinking about, you know, five years out, 10 years out, 15 and even and, and what they want to do. Do they want to do they want to sell this business? Do they want to transition it to a family member? Uh, these are a lot of things that people kind of forget about when they open up a business. And I think it's really important to kind of figure out what is your end game so that you're constantly looking at that down the road is to say, hey, listen, you know, this is where I want to go. It's OK to adjust it if you're halfway there. I mean, some people have a business and assume that their kids are going to take over. And then as their kids become adults, they say, hey, listen, we're not interested in it. This is my path. I don't want anything to do with it. And that really does force, you know, a business owner to kind of change their strategy. So I always feel like you should be assessing it constantly uh, and thinking about it and then planning towards it so that you're not surprised when you're, you know, 64 years old and you're ready to retire and your kids are like, yeah, dad, mom, I'm not interested in this business. Uh, and then you're like, well, now what do we do? So I think those goal assessments every year are very important. Perfect. Great idea. You're out and about and you need a convenience store option. Where are you stopping? Royal Farms or Wawa? I hate to say this. I'm not a big Wawa guy. Uh, I miss a corner store. I really do. Uh, but I mean, if I mean, let's be honest, if you live in Delco and you need a conven- and you need to go to a convenience store, you're going to Wawa. Uh, I think they're everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's like they've they've put every corner store out of business. Uh, I mean, you have to go to Wawa, although I don't mind a Royal Farms. I mean, it's different, but uh, I just think what we have, like, we have, like, what, three in the area, four maybe. And there's, I think I got four Wawa's in my township. So it's, you know, it's, I mean, Wawa's it for that. I mean, they kind of own that market. It's, that's what they do. I mean, they're, I mean, they're so good at it that they they have gas. So all the stations that used to have gas, they're they're right, they're closing up. I mean, it's it's just a service station now because Wawa probably gets gas way competitive, uh, way cheaper, and it's more competitive pricing than you know your Sunoco with a service station. So I feel like you know Wawa owns that market. I mean, it's just I mean they even deliver now. So I mean, it's you don't even have to go to Wawa. They can, they can bring you a shorty and a Snickers bar and a Coke and you don't even have to leave your house. So it's like, I don't know. I think they got convenience taken care of. Joey, if only they could deliver the gas without you having to go and pump it yourself, right? Listen, I, knowing how Wawa does things, I'm not surprised <laughs> if that's not in the future that some little tanker truck come down your street and fill up your car. <laughs> it's 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 going to be a drone, trust me. You know, <laughs> it'll be something, but I will be surprised if you don't, if you could actually order gas and have it delivered to your house. Joey, how do you describe Delco to people that have never been here or have not heard of Delco before? Uh, I normally say it's a, a bunch of little communities all, all wrapped in the one uh, that it's unique to other parts of the country. I feel like Delco is kind of like its own, you know, little, little place on the map that can't really be explained to other people from, you know, the rest of the country because Delco's so old that all these little boroughs and townships were created so long ago that 
they're not merged in. Like if you go out to the West Coast, then it's kind of newly developed. So it's it's just basically a bunch of municipalities and neighborhoods that uh you know kind of speak their own language and think their own their own way and you know pretty much have I guess in the last it's got to be like 10, 15 years where that word Delco has become like a thing. Like when I was growing up in the eighties, like nobody said I I'm from Delco. No, no one ever, I, you never heard that. I'm from Yaden. I'm from Darby. I'm from upper Darby. I'm, you know, and even if you were in upper Darby, you didn't even say upper Darby. Sometimes you'd say I'm from Stonehurst. Or I'm from Bywood. kind of like in the, in the city, you know, if you're from Southwest Philly, they got different sections. And I think as people moved out of Delco when the world's kind of evolved, you know, people have then kind of, said hey listen especially the mass exodus of delco people like have to go to chester county now or different places like the old the old guards kind of like yo there's nothing wrong with where we're at and i think that's how you explain it is like it was a lot of neighborhoods that started to expand and people moved around within the county uh we're in a we're in a unique spot hence now we have a delco flag that gets raised all over the world and it's not even it's just a county. Like, it's really weird. And other people find it odd. But if you're from Delco, it's got a special meaning because you may not know anybody that lives like four towns over from you, but you kind of bond with that that Delco flag or T-shirt or anything else that says Delco on it. So it, it's definitely a unique uh, unique thing, uh, especially the language, too, because we definitely talk funny compared to the rest of the country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we make up words, so it's, you know... <laughs> I mean, that that's something to itself. I mean, we have our own language here, so I think it's kind of funny. You have friends or family coming in from out of town and you want to take them or give them that Delco experience. What are you going to do? Uh, I mean, I can just take them down the street, to be honest with you. I mean, I can just literally go right down the street to Fern Boulevard and I got, I got three nice establishments that are unique in their own right. Uh, and if you go to any one of those three places, you're going to meet people from all over Delco. Like, even though I'm in Drexel Hill, if you go to Artillery Station Tap or Hanorans, uh, if you go in there, you'll touch so somebody from Springfield, Havertown, you know, the list goes on. And that's really what the experience is because when you go into an establishment like that and they hear all the different places that come out of somebody's mouth, You'll start hearing the stories of, well, I was talking to so-and-so and he was talking to so and it just goes on and people like look around like, well, how many people does this guy know? And it's like, he probably knows everybody in the county. I was like, because that's kind of how it works. And that's, to me, that's the Delco experience. No matter where you go in Delco, somebody knows somebody that knows who you are, which is amazing. I mean, it's, it's there's a lot of people down here and there's a lot of connection as well, which is uh, pretty powerful for a, uh, small little area besides being an expert with helping businesses reach that next level and achieve their goals you're an expert on batman so i'm going to go to you and i'm going to ask you who's played batman in the movies the best oh well i wouldn't say i'm an expert in batman but i've had i've been collecting batman for a long time uh I don't know. I feel like whoever plays Batman the last tends to get the leg up on the character because they're smart enough to steal everything from the previous actors and discard everything that's not liked. So the Michael Pattinson Batman, who's not really well received by a lot of people, 
it was actually a pretty good take on it because he like didn't care was more of the 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 detective very angry you know so he took christian bale who i thought kind of was the best guy at the time and said you know what i gotta one-up this guy and you know he kind of did it even though it's a different type of batman so i always feel like the last guy that does it usually kind of gets the the title but in my world, Adam West is always going to be Batman because that's who I grew up watching. And even though it's the corny, campy Batman TV show, when I first watched that show with all the colors and all the great actors and actresses that played the villains, uh, I thought I was in the show with them. Like, And there's nothing going to change that experience for me because I'm never going to be a kid again. So I can never probably feel that way. Uh, so I always got to go with Adam West, uh, either Adam West or Kevin Conroy that did the animated series, because they both kind of like threw you into the TV. And that's what you do when you do TV shows. It's, it's to get the audience into the TV. And I feel those two guys who had TV shows definitely drew you into the TV and they were great at it. Joey, is there anything we haven't spoken about today on the podcast? Anything you want people to know more about you or the Pennyworth Group? Uh, just that, you know, I mean, in business, everybody wants to stand out with some shape or form, you know, to, to, to differentiate themselves from their competition and, and how they do things. And I just feel like, you know, the only thing that I could say about how we operate here at the Pennyworth Group is that we actually really do care. I know people say that word a lot, but... When I say care, meaning my blood pressure goes up if your blood pressure is going up. Like, if you're not happy, I'm not happy. Like, like I, I think I wear a lot of my emotions on my sleeve with my clients because I really do want them to do well. It's not so much a transaction for me as it's kind of like a calling. So when you're doing something and you get paid for it, you know, other people can look at it as like it's a job and they go home and have dinner and they just leave work on the, you know, on the desk. I, that's not really how it works for me and my people. So we kind of like take this real personal uh, just because we love what we do. And I think that's what kind of sets us apart. And that's probably the only message I could share with anybody is that if you're, if you're working with us, you know, we're in the foxhole with you. Like we're, we're there. We're not bailing out and we're not blaming anybody. We're going to, we're going to ride it through to the end so that this way, you know, you're, you get to where you got to go. 2023 is quickly coming to an end. 2024 will be here before you know it. This is the time to start planning. And if you're listening to this and it's the end of 2024, you're still here to help. The Pennyworth Group is here. Take your business to the next level or just start fixing things that you don't like in your business every day. Joey, thank you so much for your time today. We are grateful that you're a friend of what's happening, Delco. And we can't wait to hear more about the great things of the Pennyworth Group. And uh, we'll be with you on that next Batman series. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks.